show number 92 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Track. So, welcome to another episode, another fine episode of the, uh, the famous podcast. The famous podcast, Look at His Butt. <laughs> Starring us. Starring us, which is tonight coming to you um, through the wonders of technology that only took us, what, 20 minutes to get figured out, I think? No, we did really well this time. Did we? Okay. Well, um, it didn't take us that long, but we're Skyping tonight because um, Kitty is off being very famous and doing things, and I've been busy and and stuff. So um, rather than have no show at all, we thought it was better to have this sort of show. Mm -hmm. There is so much going on. Oh, my God. We have to do a show. Yes, we just have to. So here we are. So here we are with our list, ready mm-hmm. to talk. Okay. Um, you guys have been great sending us stuff. As always. And we've been posting a lot to the blog, so I hope you guys are going to the blog mm-hmm. and uh, you know checking out all the fun stuff that we have been putting up there. Even even random things like strange bunny suicide cartoons, <laughs> which we probably won't even bother talking about, but you should go and look at it because it's really funny. Yes. Yes. We're only going to talk about things now that are not on the blog. Yes. So what do you want to start with? Well, let's, you, you just um, IM'd me a list because <laughs> yeah, of I the wonders of technology. So let's just start at the top. Oh, okay. So Star Trek, the tour, it has been reborn <laughs> as Star Trek, the exhibition, and they still cannot afford punctuation. <laughs> so what's, but, the, what's the difference between a tour and an exhibition, honestly? Well, I think an exhibition has the option of staying in one place. Oh, okay. But uh, it's in San Diego at the Air and Space Museum. And if you go to their website, it says it's going to be a multi-city exhibit mm-hmm. and then doesn't name any other cities, <laughs> dates, or anything. So so it's going to be in San Diego and Hoboken, New Jersey, right? Those are the two cities? Something like that, yes. <laughs> Well, I sure hope we get to see it. It would be awfully nice. I know. I know. Um, yeah, you know, if I hadn't closed up all the windows, I'd read you some crap about it. But <laughs> people could go look it up, right? Um, I'm sick of doing all the work. You guys just have to do something for I'll, I'll find some links. I'll put it up there. If people want to read more about it, they can. Yeah, now that I'm busy being famous, you know, I can act like this. Really? Um, the one other thing that I don't think we talked about before, and it's been so long since we've done a show, but which piggybacks on this a little bit, is that the Vegas thing is closing down. Yes, it is closing. Um, the last thing I read said um, that they are trying to negotiate with you know other places to mm-hmm. take this stuff over, um, maybe in Vegas, I don't know, maybe in Disneyland, who knows where, but um, yeah, it's closing. Yeah, so I am really glad we went. Oh, I am too. I'm I'm just so glad we got to see it, and uh, I, I hope that they find another place for it, or they can at least take the stuff that was in the museum part of it and preserve it somewhere special. Right, like, like with the Star Trek exhibition. Yeah, you would think that those two things would sort of go together, but I don't know. Maybe that's beyond the cognitive abilities of the people who put this sort of shit on. I don't know. Well, now, what was that actually called, Star Trek? The, the Experience. The Experience. Okay, I couldn't come up yeah. with it Yeah. The experience exhibition. Yeah. Well, you know, what's also interesting is that I... The have... exhibitionary experience. <laughs> they both start with E. Maybe it'll be E squared. Ooh. Um, Quark's bar 
is apparently uh-huh. a big meetup place for all kinds of things that happen in that hotel or around that hotel in Las Vegas. So, like, it, sorry, what? Uh, no, no, like um, other kinds of geek conventions and things like that. Oh, like, okay, okay. I know that they had uh, just recently um, the the big skeptics convention. The amazing reading was there, and um, I think there were some people who went to Quark's Bar and closed it down at two o'clock in the morning, drinking, you know, transporter accidents and with those other and weird breaches, yeah, and yeah, uh, those sorts of things. Yeah, wow. So anyway, you guys, if you haven't seen um, Star Trek The Experience thing in Las Vegas, you better go now because it's not going to be there very much that's longer. That's right. That's right. Now, since we don't know how long it'll be till we do another show, I better tell you some other stuff that's coming up. <laughs> okay. Um, Bill has been nominated for another Emmy. Yay. Yay, Bill. Bill is also getting uh, installed into another um, Hall of Fame, this one for broadcasters. You know, there's not going to be a Hall of Fame on the planet that doesn't have Bill. <laughs> I mean, Hall of Hall of Fame is a media that is so conquered. I don't even know why I'm mentioning it. Well, what kind of Hall of Fame is this? He's already in the Hall of Fame that is the real one. Is this a different? Is this like Canadian it's, broadcasters or something? No, this is. I, I don't know. I don't remember. I read it. <laughs> okay. Again, guys, have to start doing some things for yourselves. All right. Um, and what was the other thing I said? Oh. And Bill's talk show, yes. Chatness Ron Irv, is starting up in August. And uh, one of his uh, guests is Leonard. Yes, I know. That's yeah. so exciting. I know. So, yeah, And the thing is, I swear, Hollywood is listening to you and me <laughs> and not giving us credit. But we were always saying, Bill needs a talk show. He's such a good interviewer, mm-hmm. so much better than some of the idiots who've been interviewing him. So, ta-da, he gets a talk show. I'm, I think it's so awesome. So, we will have to watch those uh, and pull some good quotes from them. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of really quotable stuff, and we can use it for sound bites on the show, which will be great. Well, yeah, and, you know, plus, you know, Bill, in his element, unscripted and talking. <laughs> <laughs> always dangerous, always amusing. Always, always dangerous. <laughs> Um, okay, what do you want to what do you want to talk about? I've been doing all the blabbering. Uh, okay, well, let me very quickly um, talk about an episode. This is not an episode yes. review yes. in any way, but I happened to be home on Sunday and doing some stuff on the computer, and I was flipping around the channels, and um, there was a Star Trek episode on in the middle of the day. This was like oh one in the afternoon on the local used to be CB channel, whatever the hell they're calling it now. But it was a remastered episode, and it was third season. It was The Empath. And I haven't watched that in years and years and years. Me neither. So I watched it, um, and I have to say, it's a pretty bad episode. Really? It really is. The whole premise really doesn't hold up. Um, you know, they're these super intelligent aliens who have their solar system is going to blow up because the sun's going to go nova. And so they need to choose which of the inhabited planets they can save with their super brain power. So they think it's going to be the, the planet of the mutes, the empaths. <laughs> and, uh, planet I mean, of the mutes. Well, that's okay. what it is. So the, the big brain guys decide that they have to test one of the inhabitants of the planet of the mutes, and that's Jem. So the mutes who dress like modern dance people. And um, they're going to test to see whether they can, uh, they have this 
instinct to um, sacrifice themselves for the good of others. So in order to accomplish this, they have to torture the, the, the people on the enterprise in, in, you know, sort of graphic as much as they could get away with on television in 1968 at the time. <laughs> right, right. And it's just stupid. I mean, if they've got that much power, why didn't they just ask the Federation to come and save all the other people on the other planets? <laughs> yeah. Or ask the Organians for help. Surely they must be friends, right? They're, right, they're right. superpower. Anyway, it just doesn't make any sense at all. So um, the that the premise is stupid. The acting is actually pretty good, which I liked. And they made a good use of the very minimalist sets. And I remember reading that they had run out of budget at that point. So they had to do it for very, very, very cheap and basically have no set. So there's a lot of blackness, which is fine. Um, Bill is great. Although, to me, it really looked like he was wearing, um, let's not say the word girdle out loud, but something okay. like that to kind of hold his gut in. Um, although the shots of him... He was wearing Spanx. He was. <laughs> <laughs> he was. You think he had on the black ones or the white ones? No, um, I think black. So... He was, but his acting was, was fine. But um, th- in the scenes where he's supposed to be tortured, of course, when he's getting tortured, he doesn't have a shirt on. And of when M- McCoy's getting tortured, he has a shirt on. Well, but um, you don't want to torture the torturers. That's true. Um, so he's, he's supposed to be tortured. And um, of course, his chest was shaved. Bill's chest was very smooth. But the makeup person seemed to go to great lengths to make it seem like he didn't have any nipples. Like the way the makeup was blended, his nipples were barely there. And I thought, what a strange choice of makeup. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what you want to say. Um, so there was that. And then the other thing that I noticed, which was a good thing about the episode, is that throughout the talky-talky, because there's a lot of talk in this episode... Spock mm-hmm. is supposed to be taking one of the devices that the big brain guys have let them keep as a toy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And he's supposed to be modifying it so that he can control it. And he spends a lot of time in this episode kind of fiddling with it with this little tiny screwdriver. And it's, it's <laughs> like for glasses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's very realistic. And I have to say Leonard Nimoy did a great acting job of acting like somebody who knows exactly what they're doing and doing it very calmly and very methodically Mm -hmm. and just kind of fiddling with it while he's talking and making this connection and you know and then finally he doesn't say anything he's just kind of fiddling and fiddling and it goes oh okay it's done and (laughs) it's great it's just it's very Spock and it's very it's very 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 good and you know people who have business when it's business that that is actually important to the plot don't nearly do it as well as he was doing that little bit of business right there. So kudos to mm-hmm. him for doing that really, really well. Good. So that's it. That's all I have to say about that. I don't think that's an episode that you and I need to watch and review together ever. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's, well, my, now- that's my book report. <laughs> <laughs> Very good work. Okay, thanks. Well done. Um, <laughs> can I talk about a serious subject now? Yes, please do. Oh, wait, I need to get something open. You need to talk about something else for a minute. Sorry. Um, okay. Oh, my <laughs> God. What am I going to talk about? Um, I will have this ready in just a second. Okay. Where did that go? The Priceline commercials are still really, really funny. There's a great one on TV now where um, Bill's supposed to be driving a car, and there's a guy in the back seat, and they have that really awful back projection. And uh, Bill does a great job of rolling with the back projection, but really oversteering on the car. So it looks like they're going off of cliffs and everything. He's so funny when he does that. I like the one with the lemur. (laughs) Yes, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, here's my serious topic. Okay. 
because I have a strong opinion on this, and I want your opinion and, again, our listeners' opinion. Okay. Um, this came in an email from a friend to a list that you and I are both on. Mm-hmm. And it said, this comment appeared in my local newspaper in regards to the church shooting in Tennessee. Okay. This guy went to a church and shot a whole bunch of people. I don't know. I think like nine people died or something, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is what it said in the paper. Um, the usher took the bullet and saved the lives of the children. Then in quotes, greater love has no man than to lay down his life for others, end quote. What courage. My condolences to his family and friends. He died an honorable death like a Klingon warrior. Now, I have to say, I love Star Trek. I love fandom. I love being fanish. But there are times when it confronts real life in in ways that I find truly offensive, and that is one. And to me, that whole thing was, was a wonderful statement right up until the Klingon warrior thing, because to me, suddenly you're saying something like, Wow, that's exactly what Popeye would have done. Yeah, um, I have to agree with you. I, I, that comment to me was cringeworthy. It really was. Yes, yes. Um, I, I don't think I was really offended by it, but I definitely went, oh, what, why did you have to say that? What an embarrassing thing to say. Well, and the thing is, I know the person who said it is completely sincere. And it's like on some of the lists we've been on, you know, when people have, have posted, you know, telling something sad or, or even tragic that has happened to them and their trek list and someone will invariably post I grieve with thee yeah. and I just I I hate that I hate, first of all I hate that statement anyway I hate the way T'Pau makes it it's so obviously insincere mm-hmm. and I know the the person making this comment is truly trying to express that that they 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 share your sorrow and they feel for you and everything but it's like if I ever say I grieve with thee I'm going to give you all fair warning. I am being sarcastic because you have just made a big fucking deal out of like breaking a fingernail. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go, I grieve with thee. Yeah. You know, I don't, I I was thinking about this because you had mentioned this topic before, um, whether Mm -hmm. it's ever appropriate to quote fiction um, as an expression of your own feelings in a very, very serious situation. And honestly, I can't think of a good example of doing that. You know, I kind of went over in my mind all kinds of, uh, you know, good literature and and deep moments Mm. and things like that. And for me personally, so now this is my opinion. um, Right. When it's a a really serious situation in someone's life, it it comes off as really half-assed when you have to resort to a book. Or a movie or a song to convey yeah. the way you feel. Your own words should really be enough. As clumsy as you might be in your words or as mm-hmm. as hard as it might be to try to say something, you should just let it be what you say and not what somebody else said. Yeah, you know, I... I... I don't know. I, I'm not sure I fully agree with you because I think there are times when maybe quoting from something or someone can can come off as as not not cheap not offensive not not canned but like i say popeye <laughs> star trek um <laughs> you know the 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 pop culture things that as important as they are to us and even as important as they are to the person who you're trying to express this to that may not be i don't know i just it 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 really squicks me 
I, I I pretty much agree. I'm very interested to hear what other people think. I I guess I make yeah. I make a distinction between, um, what, like as an example, if I was talking to you, you know, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't even quote a great poet at you if I was trying to convey my own feelings. Right. You know, if I was um, writing you a letter. And that was just part of it, or I was writing a little essay about this, then it mm-hmm. might be appropriate. I would feel okay saying that, but not if I was directly trying to express what I was feeling to you. Well, and the other thing is you and I are very close friends. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a problem communicating with each other and, and with using our own words to express things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when it's more of a, a an acquaintance or a not-so-close friend, you know, then... Many times you are really at at a loss for words and not not sure you know how how personal you should get or or whatever, but still, like you say, just you know I, I mean this guy's whole message this guy this person's whole message I thought was wonderful and really you know expressed something great right up until that last sentence, mm-hmm. yeah, I think so, and I mean to pick Star Trek of all things for a situation like that. Yeah, it really does seem to cheapen it. I, I can't even think of anything in the realms of like fantasy or science fiction that would would make it okay. Right. <laughs> it's just nothing's coming to mind here. I don't know. So maybe someone can can think of a good one, but I really can't think <laughs> of a can't think of a good one. Not even from Lord of the Rings. Not even from Lord of the Rings. You know, that was the first one that came to mind. I was like, okay. <laughs> That's serious stuff, but no, it's just, it's really no. not, not doing it for me. Yeah. So perhaps other people feel differently, but they should let yes, us know. Yes, and I, I would I would love to know what other people feel, or if they can, can come up with, with a situation, mm-hmm. a, a serious situation where a person is, you know, serious stuff going on that has really no silly side to it, yeah. where it's, it's appropriate to, I don't know, quote, friends. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, yeah. <laughs> The, the pop culture thing is is very useful um, to to add some levity to a situation right you know so if someone had had something happen that was not tragic I mean obviously not, not someone that they know dying or something like that and you were trying to lighten the situation a little bit you might say to them something like oh come on act like a Klingon you know just to make them laugh to make them feel yeah. a little bit better because you're taking something that's so out of context and plopping it into their real lives and I could I'm sure I've done that and, and I'm sure that you know people take it in the way it's intended but right. I, I would have a hard time doing it seriously well, you know, and you have to, or at least I have to think think about and mention one of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld, which is the one after George's fiance dies, mm-hmm. and and in in lieu of having something to say to her parents, Jerry quotes "Search for Spock," <laughs> and the the character and the whole episode is interwoven with all kinds of strange Star Trek stuff, you know, with Kramer talking about his katra and everything. Uh-huh. And it's it's like okay, those are the shallowest characters ever on TV, and I love them. Mm-hmm. And this is what they are doing right. in a, in a time of grief. So okay, is that where you want to put yourself in that company, as far as how you react to mm-hmm. bad news? Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I think that, that they, they were making that exact point that yes, yes. the shallowest people in the world—that's what they're going to do—is quote Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. So, anyway. So I'll get off of that soapbox now, but I just had to say something. Oh, I think that was a, a great, great um, topic to bring up. And as we were just saying, people should send us email or leave us comments if they have other opinions. That's right. 
moving right along, um, the the, okay. the Iron Chef quote is very good. Would you like to read that? Because it's very funny. Yes. Um, this was in, I believe, that really long article I sent you mm-hmm. about Bill. It was a very positive article, but it, I, I sent this to you um, with the, the subject, Words to Live By. <laughs> and the person writing the article had... Um, written sort of a synopsis of what Iron Chef was like when it was hosted by Bill, and I did see an episode of it, and they're right on top of it, that it's just absolutely ridiculous, and there seem to be no rules, and Bill can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> and he inspects the chefs and then finds one that has, like, some dust on his chef's um, shirt or something and, and kicks him out. He has to leave. And it says, <laughs> um, the, the quote I wanted to share is, if you see William Shatner... There's a very good chance he made the rules of the arena you're about to die in. I think that goes for just about anything. <laughs> well, it also puts him on a level with um, Roman emperors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. Definitely. There's no arguing. It's over. <laughs> oh, I, I think that's true. I mean, no matter where he is, he's in charge. As people have said jokingly about him in many articles, it's Bill mm-hmm. Shatner's world. We just live in it. And they're they're saying that now, you know, because of the book, which, mm-hmm. you know, it has gotten wonderful reviews. And uh, the interesting thing to me is the person they used to say that about was Frank Sinatra. Oh. Chairman of the board. Uh-huh. Well, I, I think you can the say The chairman's that. dead. Long live the chairman. <laughs> and he was called the chairman in Iron Chef. I'm pretty sure that's what he was called. That's funny. Yeah. You know, in uh, in one of the articles talking about interviewing him for the book or, or talking about the book in general, they call him Captain Charm. <laughs> and is. so, of course, I added middle initial N and last name Hotness. Hotness yes, absolutely. That's yeah. what he is. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. What were you going to say about the uh, Wrath of Khan action figures? I have no idea what oh that's about. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Uh, I got it. I got to get that open. I don't think I left it open because okay. I'm so stupid. Um, no, you're not. Can you talk some more about that article or something while I'm looking oh, for sure. it? Oh, sure. This so this very long article. We keep calling it the very long article. It was yes. it was in an Australian newspaper called The Age, <laughs> which has very good coverage of many things. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's okay. And it's a very long article about Bill. Um, and it's titled Sober Side of a Very High Flyer. And it is a really long article. And it's an article in which he talks a lot about Noreen. And I know that you said there was a lot of stuff in the book, too. But this was a, a very serious and personal interview in which he reveals a lot of what was going on for him and what was going on um, during his marriage to her. And him coming to terms with the fact that she was an alcoholic and all the things that he tried to do to make their marriage work and to save her from being an alcoholic. And it, it's great. And he he just talks about her in such moving and, and touching terms. Um, and in this one, I hadn't really seen him talk about this, and maybe it's in the book, but he talks about how it felt to have people think that he had killed her. Um, because that was in the tabloids at the time, you know, right. that, that there was a s- suspicion of him and how awful that was because nobody knew that she was as much of an alcoholic as she was. And of course he knew immediately what had happened, but because 
they had kept it secret from the outside world. It wasn't like it was expected the way it is with some people that you know are, you know, alcoholics or um, having issues with drugs or whatever. When they do have an accident, everybody goes, oh, yep, was bound to happen. But, (laughs) right? You know, I mean, it happens all the time. But when something like this, nobody knew. So suspicion fell on him. Very, very, very bad. (laughs) So anyway, very, very it, it's a good article. I will definitely put the link in there and people should go and read it. It's it take a little while to get through it, but it, it's well worth it. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing about the Wrath of Khan action figures. Yes. This is on track movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's what it says. Until 2007, the only Star Trek, the Wrath of Khan figures were a four inch Khan and Savick from Playmates in 1995. But thanks to Diamond Select, there are now 15 Ooh. seven inch figures. We have reviews of the latest and previous releases below. And there are pictures, you know, and it talks about them at great length. But here's the part that cracks me up. Mm-hmm. By Star Trek, the Wrath of Khan. Se- oh, wait, that's not the one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one above, but that's not so funny. <laughs> here's the part I like. By Star Trek, the Wrath of Khan, Death of Spock, Kirk and Spock, action figure, two-pack. <laughs> The death of Spock two-pack? Two-pack. Yeah, like, you know, you're buying beer or something. I'll take a two-pack death of Spock. Wait, wait, I have a question, though. Right. If it's the death of Spock, can you really call them action figures? Well, (laughs) this is true. Okay, here's what it says. Also available now is the death of Spock two-set, which includes a radiation version of Spock. Oh, God. And a grieving Admiral Kirk. These variants are also the fourth Star Trek action figure two set, joining the already available Geordi and Data from All Good Things, Kirk and Khan dress costumes from Space Seed, and Troy and Riker from Nemesis. Now, there's a picture, and it says click to enlarge, so i got to do that so we can uh, actually see this. Of course, it's taking a few... Oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> I wish you were looking at this. Oh, this will be the image in, okay, for the show. I'll in, put it on the blog. Little, in little, little letter. Okay, they are described as irradiated Spock. Because <laughs> he could be on your shelf forever and he won't go bad. <laughs> and Admiral Kirk, and in quotes, death of Spock, close quotes, action figure set. Oh, my God. Set. That is and too funny. There they are, like, facing each other. Oh, this is too funny. Okay, um, Spock has his hand in the Vulcan salute, but like sideways, like he's reaching towards Kirk. Uh-huh. But there are also four other attachable hands, <gasps> one of which is the, the white glove. <sighs> and others, I don't know if they're meant to be Kirk's hands or, or Spock's hands or what. It doesn't say, and you can't tell if there's a clear plastic thing, you know, separating them. You could use a piece of saran wrap. You could. You could. <laughs> Or you could make an airtight plastic thing, just like they made for Nimoy. No, no. <laughs> I think what you should do, this is so silly, but I think we should do this um, at some point with Kirk and Spock figures. You get an, a box, like an, a box um, that, that has uh, macaroni in it. And you know how they're cardboard boxes, but they have that cellophane panel in the front? So you take <laughs> yes. out all the macaroni, you put Spock inside the box and with his hand <laughs> pressed up against the little cellophane and Kirk on the other I, side. I think, I think that is a great idea. <laughs> Now, do you want to know how much it costs? Oh, tell me. Hey, no, it's not too bad for the the the, uh, the two pack. The two of them, yeah, it's twenty five fifty nine. Oh, that's not bad. 
No, but keep in mind there are 15 figures that you got to have. <laughs> you got to have all of them. You know, Paramount will just never stop selling shit like that to people. Oh. Unbelievable. <laughs> Four hands. Wow. So Yeah, that's kind of weird. So the cool thing though, if if the hands are detachable, you could make other ones, right? So you could I so. You could give them a hook. Yeah. You could give them a broom. Um you could give him like a, a oh a chainsaw like like Evil Dead. Um, you could give him a gun or a robot hand like Luke in Star Wars. You could do a lot of things. See, that has possibilities. That would be interesting. Here's an interesting comment. Okay. So you're supposed to shell out bucks for the Kirk flap open with nephew flavored ketchup. <laughs> and then shell out more bucks to get the same Kirk after dry cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's very funny. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, um, yeah, run on out and order those and do your um, figures. <laughs> okay. Oh, now you see oh. somebody who's in transporter accidents just like us. Yeah. Kirk's facial likeness ain't that great in my humble opinion. Looks like he and Sulu's fig- features got merged in the transporter. <laughs> uh, speaking of transporter accidents, um, yeah. I was going to read this thing. Yes, I want you to read that so, thing. So um, just a little background as to why I was looking at this site. So uh, I was put on to this site because uh, I, I'm on a mailing list for people who are fans of Joe Bob Briggs, who used to be on Monster Vision and um, who for a long time reviewed really, really bad movies. But that's beside the point. Anyway, people in there are always finding, a- <laughs> finding these interesting okay. things. So it's a site and the name of the site is Kinder Trauma. So like kindergarten, but Kinder Trauma. Yeah. Um, and it's a place where the, the people who run it write articles about things that terrorized us as kids. And it's, uh-huh. it's aimed at people roughly in, in our age group, I think, you know, like not 18-year-olds, but over 30s, over 40s. Um, and it's it can be anything. It can be movies or TV shows or dolls or games or books or, or just stuff that terrorized you when you were little. You know, well-meaning adults thinking that it was going to be fine. Just, you know, clowns okay. times 10 or whatever. And it's really funny. The people who write for it are funny. So I was reading through the site and really digging it. And I remembered one of the traumas for me as a kid was this album that my parents had gotten that Disney put out that had all these sound effects on it that you could use for like haunted house things mm-hmm. and they were so scary they scared the shit out of me <laughs> and and my brothers used to use it to terrorize me so anyway I wrote this long thing about it and you can go read it if you want to but um so I was going back today just to see what kind of new stuff they had up there and this was really great and a, a reader wrote in about Star Trek, the motion picture. So I'm going to read what he's written here because it's very, very, very funny. And people who write in tend to do it in a very um, hyperbolic style. Very snarky. (laughs) So this guy says, I'm not officially a Trekker, and he puts Trekker in quotes, but I grew up with and enjoyed the original Star Trek series and have been a science fiction fan since I've known how to read. So when I was in junior high and Star Trek the motion picture came, I was definitely hot to see it. It was right on the crest of the wave of spectacular sci-fi movies spawned by Star Wars and promised to be a much-needed updating of the franchise to give it the visual grandeur the characters and stories always deserved. So, I plop myself down in the theater, and the first few minutes are as promised. The visuals are great. The Enterprise has received a refit, making it arguably the most beautiful starship in cinema history. And all the characters are back looking great and ready for action. 
However, no sooner does Kirk arrive on board the Enterprise, a console blows up in the transporter room, and two new crew members die during transport. Now, anyone who's watched the show knows that death is nothing new to Star Trek. Red shirts go down like handfuls of popcorn throughout the series, and in some episodes, whole planets get snuffed. But usually, the on-screen deaths are quick and easy. Ensign so-and-so goes out in a flare of pretty green phaser light, or Yeoman Bazfaz gets poison plant darts in the chest or steps on an exploding (laughs) rock. Not so. In- I love that. <laughs> That's my favorite episode for for pointless death. <laughs> Not so in Star Trek the Motion Picture. The unfortunate crew are turned into living George Brock paintings, and they are apparently conscious the whole time, because while Kirk and others are trying to save them, they are writhing around in the transporter beam and screeching like banshees with their sacks caught in a three-phase socket. <laughs> Grape flavored. This is so funny. Grape flavored Christ on a stick. It's a good thing the rest of the movie moved along in such a sedate fashion because it took almost two hours for my heart rate to get back to normal after that. <laughs> then it took a couple of days to be able to get through the day without imagining what it would be like to have my eye socket displaced by my anus. <laughs> Sweet merciful Buddha! What a way to kick off a return to the world of Star Trek. <laughs> really? Oh, so funny. And they put some screen caps up here, which are really funny. Of Yes, I saw those because they put um, really good uh, captions. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's the scene where, where um, Scotty and Kirk are looking at each other and Rand has her back to them. And supposedly Scotty's saying, did I do that? <laughs> and, and Rand's going, gross. And Kirk says, are you new? <laughs> <laughs> So I just thought that was really, really, really funny. And true, I remember seeing that, and it was a horrifying scene. Like, oh, my <laughs> God, they're being turned inside out. And then you know, they parodied that so wonderfully in Galaxy Quest. I, I was so <laughs> glad that they decided to, to pick that one really? scene and do something about it. Yep. You know, I, I did not see um, the motion picture in a movie theater because the reviews came out, and, and it's not like they'd ruined Star Trek, so I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. So my first Trek movie was Wrath of Khan. And I can't even remember when and why I eventually saw the motion picture. I don't, I don't know. I might have watched it when it came on TV or something. I I remember I was about that old or maybe a little bit younger and mm-hmm. going to the movie theater with my brother and sitting there and, you know, getting all tingly when you heard Kirk's voice <laughs> going, space, the final frontier. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. All the fangirls and fanboys had to scream. Absolutely. Oh, so anyway, that that's that was my contribution. That was new. This was like today. This thing came out. Okay. So I feel like we're actually. So I have. Go ahead. Oh no, we're, uh, that was it. I'm all done. Oh, okay. I have something else to share. Yes. This is a really long multi web web page um, thing. That's that's absolutely wonderful. We're going to put up a link. Everybody has to read it. But on yougo.com, they did a Shatner spotlight, and it's. It's all wonderful and funny and totally about the wonderfulness of Bill. It's kind of like our podcast, okay? But um, I just wanted to read you um, a couple of short pieces that I really loved. One is, um, let's see, what topic did this come out here? It's in his filmography, mm-hmm. and it's talking about Star Trek, okay? And it's got a picture of, of him and the Gorn. <laughs> okay. Star Trek. Can you still hear me? Okay, good, because that thing fell over. Okay. (laughs) Star Trek is about the future, an age filled with miniskirts, antennae, 
moose hair, gorn, beehive hairdos, super kittens, and promiscuity. <laughs> the galaxy is one horny place in Star Trek. Thus, the hero of the show is a philanderer who gets it on with girls with miniskirts, moose hair, gnarly powers, beehive hairdos, and who knows what truly happened when the Gorn and he became desperate when they were alone and abandoned together in the desert. And frankly, in the future, if we find ways of eliminating diseases, who wouldn't want to get it on with every freaky alien you came across? If I didn't feel the threat of getting space clap or something, I'd totally be like, ooh, Antenna and I, yeah, let's stop before I lose my nerve. That makes Star Trek infinitely more realistic than star wars make love not empires jedi obsess over order and peace while star trek captain main characters have had green orion slave girls dude a lot of people obsess over which was which has the more powerful ships star wars or star trek forget that who has more sex thanks for reading (laughs) it's true it's absolutely true that that's why kirk was the perfect captain because he would boldly go Boldly go, absolutely. Now, here, the whole article, you've got to read the whole thing. I mean, the review of Kingdom of the Spiders, um, the uh, explanation of the plot of Search for Spock at the end, whoever wrote this says, when I have relatives over who don't speak much English, I tell them this story. <laughs> but here's the part I want to talk to about, or I also want to read. It's in a, a section about how God loves William Shatner. <laughs> He's been in so much crap, and he still can't fail. You know, his career just keeps on going. Mm -hmm. And it says, if you ever get into a fight with William Shatner, you won't be able to kill him. Since God or Satan or whichever relentless will keeps his blood pumping will not allow him to fail, no matter how his show's episodes are named things like Hooker's War. (laughs) Actually, I want to see that. (laughs) It covers T.J. Hooker. I mean, it, go, it goes all the way up to the present, and it's really, really fun, and it, it's well worth reading. Oh, that's great. Well, we recommend everybody go there. Speaking of Hooker, um, I, yes. I want to say I was over on the uh, look at his butt boards just checking out what was going on, and, and some folks were discussing T.J. Hooker, so I had to confess that I don't think I've ever actually seen a whole episode of T.J. Hooker. Me neither. So I think we should. I think we should, we, should. we should get one or two and watch them and uh, just see what it's all about. Well, you know what I want to say? Look at his butt. Yeah, look at his butt. And um, Hooker fans, tell us which episode yeah. we should watch. Yeah, please. If- What's the one we should go after? Now, I read something. Oh, it, it was in uh, Bill's book when he talks about this, that they, they got canceled by one network. Another network picked them up. And moved the whole show to Chicago with no explanation. <laughs> and then that didn't go well, so they moved him back to L.A. and then canceled him again. <laughs> so it was like T.J. Hooker, the exhibition tour or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so if you're a fan of Hooker or, or even not a fan but are familiar with it, tell us which episode we should watch. Yeah. We will review it. You know, I mean, we watched Kingdom of the Spiders and that thing that was so bad I fell asleep yeah, during it. Yeah. Um so uh, yeah, we'll do it. Let us know. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, that's about it on the list, and I think um, we should probably. Re- the- what? I'm sorry. What? I was going to say the only other thing on the list I actually want to save oh. until we're together because I think it'll be a lot more fun okay. when we're in the same room. Ooh, so a surprise. Well, no, it's on the list. I mean, you can look no, at no. it and say, I mean, a s- "Oh, that's surprise for them, we did- for the people who are listening." 
them. Oh, okay. And the next time we're together, I have the most awesome, awesome surprise oh, present. Well, for I you. have a little thing for you too. So look, there's all that for people to look forward to. That'll be great. <laughs> Um, okay, well, this has been fantastic. I'm so glad we got to talk and do all this. Yes. So um, we'll have another episode probably in, I don't know, a couple of weeks or something like that. Hopefully. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get it together and we'll do some recording. But in the meantime, people, um, do your homework, go to the blog, look at the fun stuff that's there, go click through all the links, do the linky thing, and go to the butt board and, and strike up a conversation or ask questions or leave your comments about the best TJ Hooker episode for us to watch, please. <laughs> and drink your oval yeah, tea. Yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. And put, wear sunscreen. <laughs> it's summer. At least here at least it here, is. That's true. All right. We have to remember we are worldwide. We're global. Oh, man. What a responsibility. Oh, I know. All right. Are we wrapped up now? I think we're wrapped. Okay. Well, till next time, people, wear your sunscreen. <laughs>